Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. Dan, I can't even look at you smiling without getting a chuckle on my face. So uh, absolutely love you, brother. And so oh, excited yeah. that you could be on the podcast today. First yeah, people question. say I look like Buddy the Elf. So <laughs> if anyone needs to laugh, just look at me. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Merry Christmas. So welcome back to two guys that are have faces better for radio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, our first question is always, who are you? Yeah, so my name is Dan Dimite. I am a uh, executive director and founder of a ministry named Damascus. At Damascus, we're a community of missionaries that want to seek to bring revival and transformation in the Catholic Church throughout America. So we 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 run camps and retreats. Um, we run conferences for middle school youth, high school youth, young adults, and also adults. And so we're striving to uh, transform the world. We, we consider ourselves uh, missionaries, which means we labor for the Lord and, uh, and to induce like the ministry of the Lord. But we also consider ourselves social entrepreneurs. And so we've created a ministry model um, that really is, all, is based off of a business model that is scalable, replicable, and sustainable. And so we're striving to bring to the church, if you will, ministry models that can grow successfully taking the best from the business world and implementing them into the ministry world. Well, I love that. That is awesome. I love how you humbly also say like, we're going to transform the world. Like, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, there's nothing about us that is not hungry to see uh, significant transformation in individuals lives, but then also in, uh, you know, larger communities. I'm also a father of four crazy kids. I've got a, six-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, and 12-year-old, and an amazing wife. Awesome. Yeah. Well, she is is a rock star as well. And uh, so we recognize, as you mentioned, pre-roll that uh, they are, you are at your home. Uh, oh, yeah. Which sure, a lot sure. of us can be in the pandemic. So we definitely can understand that as we shoot the episode as well. But um, so, Dan, can you tell us a little bit how you got to the leadership position that you're in today? Yeah, you know, um, my heart really was captivated by leadership from a young age. Um, I saw uh, in seventh grade, a lot of my um, peers in my class were suicidal. Um, they were cutting their wrist. They were taking drugs. Uh, I had multiple friends in my class who um, had had to be rushed to the ER and have their stomachs pumped from trying to take too many pills to end their life. And my heart was really broken for people in seventh grade, seeing my peers um, not love themselves. And uh, it, inside of me, something came alive that said, I have to live a life that changes lives. I have to live a life for other people. And I noticed that no one else was stepping up to the plate to do that. And so there was a desire in me to um, to step up to the plate and to take take lead. And so I guess leadership started at a young age and was fostered throughout high school. And um, so right after high school, I jumped into ministry and 
uh, while I was going to college and also getting my graduate degree, um, all of that, I was doing ministry the whole time. And I would say the, um, it was when, when something didn't exist, I said it should, and I, I worked to bring it about. So really my ministry leadership career started by saying as an 18 year old, I want to provide for young people what people should have provided for us, but they failed to do so. And, you know, if, if, if we had amazing opportunities for middle schoolers and amazing opportunities for high schoolers, how would their lives have been different? And when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, I looked around and the opportunities just weren't there. And so, um, you know, my partner and I, we said, okay, we're going to set out and we're going to strive to bring solutions to the church, specifically the young church, um, that they need, uh, that no one's providing them. And out of that kind of grew this uh, ministry. So can you talk a little bit about the reach of the work that you're, I know you mentioned like the different age ranges of the, of the lives that you're touching right now, but can you speak to kind of like the impact as it relates to scope of the number of, um, you know, kind of customers that <laughs> I guess you could call it customers from a business yeah. standpoint that you, you serve each year? Yeah, I would say if um, it, I, it's been miraculous, uh, Chris. I mean, the uh, in 2016, our organization really uh, planted ourselves and took off, and we were serving about a thousand young people a year in 2016, um, and there was two full-time employees. This year, we uh, will serve about 20,000 people, and we have um, roughly a hundred full-time employees, and Ooh. so. In just five years, our organization has just exploded. And the beautiful thing about that is in those five years, we've built extremely sustainable and replicable culture, which will hopefully uh, allow us to continue to replicate and grow and serve more people. Um, so it's just really, uh, it's amazing. We, we serve about, in the summertime, we'll serve about 6,000 campers. So they come to our camp for one week and um, so we have 6,000 of them um, in Ohio and Minnesota. We want to grow camps all over the U.S. During the school year, we serve young people all, all year, um, probably around 10,000 kids, and then uh, a lot of young adult and adult conferences as well um, throughout the year. Yeah. I love that. That's so yeah. good. I was going to ask you kind of like what's your secret sauce to being able to you know, explode in the way that you have, but you started to talk about that. And then in pre-roll, you also talked about the fact that now you're seeing an opportunity to be able to do corporate events as well for, uh, you know, talking about culture consulting. So can you speak to kind of like, what does the culture look like at Damascus that's allowed you to blow up in this way? And then what is some of the, can you speak to some of the talking points as it relates to your work as a as a culture consultant. Yeah, thanks. So that, you know, in the business world, they say culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? And that's a, a great buzzword. It's a great buzz phrase that people use, um, but not many business leaders or even church leaders know how to form, create, uh, and then replicate culture. And uh, culture is the way of life of a people. It's the way they think, it's the way they behave, it's the way they operate, it's the reason you know, Chick-fil-A outperforms McDonald's, the average McDonald's three to one. It's because Chick-fil-A has a culture that people are hungry for and it's been replicated, whereas maybe McDonald's doesn't always have that, right? And 
um, or there, there's this, this living uh, reality. And so for us, culture is the most important thing. And, and the way we describe that is how do we form our people? Um, so if we have 100 full-time employees, what are we, we call them missionaries, and we have what we call our missionary mindset. It's the, why? Because mindsets drive behaviors. And so um, we form them in a particular mindset. It's five pillars. Some companies call them their core values. And when you have the right mindset, all of the proper behaviors will follow. And those, um, those mindsets really just kind of shape in, uh, our, our, our whole organization. It's kind of like when people come to uh, us, what do they experience? And, and not just what, the product, but who, the people. And so we want our people, when they come, our campers, uh, our adults, anyone who interacts with our organization, we want them to encounter Jesus first and foremost, but we want them to encounter passion and purpose and life and joy and adventure. And so we've built uh, those core values into everything we do and really asking, I talk about inward facing culture and outward facing culture, inward facing being that culture that exists within your team. How does your team live and act and behave? Uh, and then outward facing culture, that culture that you have for your customers, what what do they experience? And uh, we want to give people the best experience ever because they deserve it. Uh, people are amazing. Both our employees, our missionaries, they deserve the best place to work ever and the best human formation. So they live a great, healthy, holy, happy lifestyle. But also all of our customers deserve the best of us. And so we work hard to uh, give them the best. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So you had said in a prior interview that your missionaries were pushing you to basically take the training wheels off of, <clears throat> you know, like starting to put healing ministry, prophecy, and deliverance at the forefront of the work that you were doing with with the people that visited Damascus. So I don't, but I I don't remember if if that was some. I mean, I've seen some videos where it looks like that started to take shape and, and take root. So just curious how that's impacted your ministry. Yeah. You know, um, we believe in God and, uh, and we believe that God is a God of miracles. And so I do too. So yes, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. And so, so we don't just act like, we don't just talk about a, a God of miracles. We actually expect a God of miracles. And um, so we, we say we want to replace our limitation with expectation on God. So we will actually operate in a way that expects God to come through um, both organizationally, like, you know, when we're trying to make a huge organizational step, we, we take a step of faith and we, we expect God to come fo uh, forward and come through and he's come through miraculously for us. Um, and then also personally with individuals. And so we, we have a tendency uh, and a habit to pray for miracles, uh, all kinds of miracles. Like we, we will pray um, if we have a big outdoor event, we pray that storms will move and we've seen storms move, which is pretty amazing. But we've also seen just incredible miracles happen in people's lives. We had a young person uh, not too long ago at a prayer service. In the middle of the prayer service, she had a torn ACL. She tore it the week before she came to camp. Her leg was in a big brace. She heard God say to her in prayer, stand up and walk. And she stood up and she she felt immediately healed in her knee. And she started jumping up and down. And she went back to the doctors the next day because she was so confident she was healed. The doctor did another MRI. He said, I can't explain it. You're totally healed. And um, so we've seen 
ACL injuries healed. We've seen uh, broken bones healed. We've seen women who couldn't uh, get uh, pregnant, who the doctor said you'll be infertile for the rest of your life. They became pregnant. We've seen uh, cancer healed. Just amazing, amazing things. Um, one of my favorite things is, and I don't know, I think God just, I shared that story early on about in seventh grade. One of the the things we've seen a lot actually is young people with self-harm scars, like actual scars on their wrist. As we pray for them for healing, the scars have disappeared. And these are things like when you hear stories and miracles, uh, you, you know, naturally we, we may doubt, you know, we may say that doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, as an eyewitness, I saw scars on a wrist that were no longer on the wrist. I've seen campers who came with 90% lack of hearing in their ear, be able to take out their hearing aids and, and hear perfectly ears open. Like we've seen actual miracles. Um, but the most important miracle that we see is people's lives changed, right? Uh, broken hearts, broken marriages, um, broken homes healed and, and transformed. And we see young people who come with so much anxiety today, like the, oh man, the young, the young in our country today, they are just filled with all kinds of anxiety. And we just see that lifted up off of them. They're, they're set free. Um, families who are just really burdened by the world, um, set free. Uh, adults, you know, set free from years of depression and years of brokenness and come to know the truth of who they are in God's eyes. And um, there's, there's nothing more inspiring and motivating than seeing a life changed in front of your eyes. So for the doubters, I would point you to checking out uh, Catholic Youth Summer Camp in Damascus on social media because you see tons of testimonies of that going on. And uh, I've also been invited uh, by Dan to attend uh, a week. I think this was in summer of 2018. And my eyes were massively opened uh, as well. I've never experienced anything like some of the miracles that I was witnessing at camp. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of your own journey, Dan. Oh. It's absolutely just uh, beautiful. So as I was praying before the before shooting this, one of the things that I felt like God was asking me to ask you in this interview was, have you ever contemplated... I know like we're supposed to be humble leaders and, and I get all that, but do you ever sometimes like contemplate legacy and think about like the work that you're doing and how it's really impacting the world and, and those around you? Yeah. You know, I think uh, if, if you will, if we're talking about leading virtuously, one of my vices is that I sometimes uh, can struggle in gratitude because I'm always looking at the next thing. So something amazing happens. And instead of like, resting in that joy and saying, thank you, uh, God, thank you to those around me um, for partnering with me in that. I jump to the next thing. And so sometimes it can be a little hard to um, to think about legacy because I'm always looking at like what's broken and how do we fix it? What's broken and how do we fix it? Just hungry for more, more growth, more impact, more service. Um, but I, I do think, you know, one of the things that when I, when I step back, I I think about what it will be like in heaven someday when you're greeted by all the people um, whose lives you changed and you didn't know, you know, like the person who watched this podcast and 
the, uh, their life was transformed and, but they never called you and told you that, you know, but in heaven, you'll have a full realization of that. And so I really, I labor and I, I long not for the earthly legacy, but really for the, the heavenly legacy of coming to a full realization of, um, you know, when I plant seeds, they, they grow and, and those seeds change people's, not just their earthly life, but their eternal life. And, um, so I think that's when I think about legacy. I really think about that. I, and I would say another thing I think about is um, empowering people has become so important to me as a leader. Um, how do I raise people up to do what I used to do and to replicate the gifts that were in me, but empower them to become the best they can be. And I, I just, I love knowing that the more I give away, the more people blow my mind, like the more power I love, like, I love the word empower because it means to give power away. And so, you know, a lot of times as a leader, you, you, you're, you're nervous to give power away because you have to trust the person you're giving it to. But I've realized like, and through the mo the ministry model of Jesus, what does Jesus do? He says, you will receive power when the Holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter one, verse eight. And, and so Jesus says, I, I will give you power. And, and so he empowers us with the divine power of the Holy Spirit. And it's because he's given us that power, we're able to then be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Did Jesus ever reach the ends of the earth himself? He didn't. But he's reached the ends of the earth because he gave his power away and he allowed his people to reach the ends of the earth, right? He says in John 14, 12, he says, amen, amen, I say to you. You will not only do the works that I do, but greater works than these. And so his followers have done things that he wasn't able to do because he gave his power away and allowed them uh, to be his ambassadors. And as a leader, what I've discovered is the more I give away to my missionaries, my employees, the more they accomplish. And when I try to hold things in close to my chest, I try to take my legacy in keeping things for myself, like, oh, I hope people remember Dan Dimite at the end of the day. I hope people remember what I've accomplished at the end of the day, or I want to be the one doing that. Um, the more I give that away, the more uh, the more things grow, <laughs> and the more I'm amazed by people's uh, ability to step up to the plate and, and to be a game changer. So can you break that down to some tangible examples? I'm just curious as to thinking about, I know like I'm absolutely in love with Noah and some of the gifting that, that he has at Damascus. Many of those, many of the people probably have no idea who I'm talking about, Noah Gilchrist, but I'm just saying like, can you think about some people that like really have shocked you in the way that they've been um, stepping up for you in your leadership team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, um, it's a great question. I would say um, I know I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses, you know, and I, I think the when you know your strengths and your weaknesses, you you form teams around you that complement your weaknesses. And um, so we have some people I, I'm not a detail oriented guy. Uh, and yet when we're growing super fast, we need a lot of detail oriented people. And so um I'm, I'm a visionary. Uh, and so I see something and I'm like, let's do this. And I, uh, I get everyone on board and then we go to do it. But then I need someone who actually executes the task. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I've, I've been amazed at like, sometimes I'll throw out a huge vision and then people just run with it and they accomplish it bigger and better than I ever thought possible. Um, some simple examples of that 
that I can think of is just like, you know, um, we, we built a, in 2016, we bought 500 acres of land and we built a $20 million ministry campus. And, um, just the, the actual infrastructure <clears throat> on this ministry campus is pretty doggone significant. I mean, it, you're talking about, we can house 750 people <clears throat> at any given time. So it's, it's kind of like a small village and to operate that it, it, it takes a, a good amount of competency and, Really, what we've been doing is raising up these young adults to accomplish that. And when when you just say, hey, you own this, run with it and make it as awesome as you can. And then you coach them through that. They've just done a, a, a stellar job. Another, you know, if it's if it's leaders that are watching this podcast, <clears throat> one thing I like to do is I have our, our team actually just give them paper plates uh, and like a white paper plate. And I say, I want you to write everything you do on the paper plate. And I want you to circle the things that you need to continue to do. But then anything that you don't need to continue to do, I want you to give that to someone else so they can start doing it and do it better than you. And I do that quarterly for myself where I'll take what's on my plate. I write it down and I start identifying. I'm like, okay, this is something that I, it's on my plate right now. But if I give this to someone, they're going to do it better than me. So who am I called to give this to and how can they do it better than me? And because of that, my plate's often empty and I'm able to add new things onto it. And our leaders' plates are often empty and they're able to add new things onto it. So we're constantly growing new leaders and then able to add new things to our plate, and um, uh, which has enabled us to grow as fast as we are without becoming overwhelmed. Wow, that is phenomenal. Thank you for that. It's such a such a silly concept, right? Of just like a simple concept of like, you know, an actual paper plate that you Yeah, can what's on your plate? <laughs> but it's so it's so dynamic of thinking yeah. about just that exercise of basically writing the stuff that you feel like all the things that you're doing and recognizing what you need to keep on your plate and what you need to, you know, send off to other people. That's well, and it's so good because then if I'm talking to a young upcoming leader, you know, and they're, they're like overwhelmed. They're like, I'm not doing what I want to do. I like there's, I want to be doing this, but I don't have time to do it. You know, I'm able to say, well, you're eating the food you served yourself. Like what's on your plate is what you've asked to keep. And so yeah, um, if you want something else on your plate, you have to learn how to, to put it there. Right. We always eat the food that's before us. And so when you come to own that, you you own your own uh you own your own position if you will like it if i'm like sad like oh man and that was a, it was a wake up call for me cuz i really wanted to write more i wanted to do some uh like help with business uh consulting and corporate um event planning i, I mean retreat planning i wanted to do more speaking and i realized my plate was so full with these administrative tasks and it's like well wait I'm eating what I've created myself. And when I give this food away, then I can put new things on my plate. And so, um, yeah, you, you have to take ownership over what's, what you're doing. And if you're unhappy with what you're currently doing, do something about it. So I got two more questions for you, Dan. Uh, yeah. The first is, so for those corporate clients that maybe like what are some symptoms that organizations may be facing to basically then call you up to help you or to have you come in and help them with those uh, issues that they may be facing? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, thanks for asking. I think negativity is the death of all companies, right? <clears throat> Most company cultures can be so negative and um, 
either negativity through interpersonal conversations or negativity through their their mindset. And um, so one of the things I love to do is help people dream again, um, help them dream about their own company culture. Like, where do we want to go as a company? Like, um, uh, um, and then also like help individuals dream. What do they want to accomplish with their life? Um, another big thing is just what are, what are the core values that you want to infuse into your organization? And so helping executive leaders really discern, okay, what are the core values we want to infuse into our organization? And then how do we build a formation program that strategically infuses those into our organization? So one of the things that a church leader may be really good at that a business leader may not be really good at is I'm a, I feel like I'm really good at formation. I know how to build a formation program that actually forms not, not a product, but a, a person. Like how do you help a person grow? And um, and so that's really our goal is to help grow people better and, and help business leaders um, learn how to grow pe their people better. And, and not always in production, right? Like I'm not necessarily great at helping an accountant become a better accountant. Actually, I would have no idea how to do that. But I can help that accountant become a better person and live the kind of life that you desire them to live to help your work environment become the best work environment possible. Great. Well, I think that helps clarify people thinking about, hmm, you know, pressing that button on, on hitting the, the call button. So if they are like, you know what, you convinced me, Dan, and I do think that this is something that I need to work on with, with my team, with my organization, et cetera. How can one get a hold of the work that you're doing? Oh, yeah. Um, just reach out. Dan at Damascus.net is my email. Um, and then or you can look more about Damascus uh, for, uh, on our website or on YouTube, Damascus.net or YouTube channel, Damascus Catholic Mission Campus. Great. Well, we'll share those in the uh, show notes. And can you please do us a huge favor and pray for those that are listening uh, to that God would awaken the same gifting that he's given uh, to you in leadership to those that are listening in our audience today? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you want us to pray now? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Awesome. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for uh, the leaders that are listening to this podcast. Um, I get a sense that just because you're listening to this podcast, uh, there's something inside of you that desires uh, to lead virtuously. And the Lord is saying he wants to bless that. So, Lord, I pray that you would just bless that desire in all of the listeners' hearts to lead virtuously. I pray that you would allow them to grow in leadership uh, in a way that they haven't before. I pray that you would allow them to dream big and to take bold opportunities of faith. Um, I think some of you maybe have been uh, wondering if you should welcome Jesus into your uh, business. And, and the Lord is saying, you know, I've been outside the door of your office for too long. And I'm asking you, will you let me in? Um, Revelation chapter three, the Lord says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I, I get a sense of the Lord is standing at the door of your office and he's actually knocking and he's asking um, are you going to run this company by yourself? Are you going to run these people by yourself? Or can you welcome me in to help lead with you? So Lord, I pray that you would give our listeners the opportunity to lead with you. We pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. Well, Dan, I got uh, something quick for you. As 
as I was also praying before the episode, I saw two images that I I wanted to share with you. The first was that uh, I just saw a box and I felt like Jesus was laughing about that and, and saying like, you know, sometimes we can get so stuck in this thought of like, you know, like God is in a box and it's gotta be in this like church setting, et cetera. I think you've been like a beautiful example of one of those people that have been like, look, God is everywhere and we can, we can bring Jesus in so many different ways. So uh, that's been very beautiful. And then the other one that, uh, that uh, I just know from, you know, being in a secular world is like, I was just seeing kind of like the, uh, and I know maybe some, some people on the religious side were like, oh, what, why, why doing this? But anyways, I, when I was a youth before I knew Jesus, I was really into Harry Potter. And they always have that image of like, uh, it's like the signpost, the light post that's outside of his, his house. They would always like zoom in on that. And then they, you know, go into a street and I was just kind of like sensing that like the Lord has just absolutely loved how you've turned on these lights within within the youth and uh and and the way that's just continuing to just like radiate these lights in these kids hearts mm-hmm. and in the same way and and uh, just like Harry Potter has been like this huge thing that has like exploded all over the world you know obviously and I just like sense that the Lord is saying like Dan this is coming for you too that like I know your heart burns for this growth and that like he's just continuing to use you to explode his movement all over the world. So I, I, I pray that both of those bless you abundantly again. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I love that. And uh, yeah, we we're called to be the light in the world and I just can't wait to, uh, to see what God wants to do in our lives. And so God is good. Amen. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. And as always, look forward to continuing the dialogue with you as well. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.